G'day there, and welcome to the rewrap for Thursday. All the best bits from the Mike Hosking Breakfast on News Talks ZB in a sillier package. I am Glenn ZB. Um, uh, Lux and Seven Houses. Uh, sounds like a, a Grimm's fairy tale, doesn't it? Uh, we'll get into that shortly. All the businesses that are closing down, uh, the state of the Auckland CBD. Uh, we'll also get into that. And uh, all birds are friend of the show or not? But before any of that, um, forget your yeah, Northland plans. It's just too much of a hassle because there's going to be roadblocks, isn't there? David Seymour, it appears, is um, yet again right. And this is the sort of thing that's going to swing the polls even further away from the government. Harawira is not the law. That's what Seymour said yesterday. Harawira is not the law. Is he wrong? Chris Luxon on the show yesterday when asked another simple question, Maori cutting off Kerry, Kerry and Pai here with roadblocks, is that acceptable? He said, no, it's nuts. The Prime Minister asked the same question, couldn't twist herself in knots enough by trying to walk that line between being an apologist for the hopeless and actually looking like she might think the law has some relevance. She wants everyone to talk, the iwi, the council, the police, as if the law's open to interpretation depending on who you are. Honey Harawira only behaves the way he does because he's allowed to. I'm not allowed to. If I started putting up roadblocks, you know what would happen to me. You're not allowed to because it's against the law. And in a week, when yet again people have been shot at, and indeed police themselves have been shot, we've got too many of them positioned at roadblocks not doing the sort of job we expect them to do. We're wasting resource. The locals of the north don't have the right to dictate the law of the land. And the fact this hasn't been shut down months ago speaks volumes about a government who are beholden to the Maori caucus and a small clique of attention seekers. They worry, they say, about the unvaccinated. Well, get vaccinated. And if you don't, don't complain. Hundreds of millions, hundreds of millions, have been handed out specifically to vaccinate Maori. Court cases have been held over vaccinating Maori. We could not have spent more time and attention vaccinating Maori. While the rest of us, Asian and Pacifica included, simply went about doing what we were supposed to do, yet again Maori got to be the centre of attention and expenditure with their seemingly unique inability to follow a bit of basic advice, get protected. And then when they couldn't or wouldn't, let's set up roadblocks and direct contravention of the law and expect everyone to accept it. Is this the country and the sort of country that we want? Do we defend the actions and do we defend the government that protects these actions, or is Luxon right, it's nuts, or is Seymour right, Harawira is not the law, then how come the government justifies him and his mates answering to nobody? I feel partially responsible for the roadblock situation because um, my eldest daughter has planned a, a, a summer road trip going to all the Northland and far north beaches. Um, and I feel like every time anybody from the Glens you'd be ha- uh, household makes any plans to do anything anywhere, anytime, something happens, and uh, before you know it, you're in a level four lockdown. So, sorry about that, guys. Uh, of course, if, if Luxon had his way, uh, the police would be in there, the long battens or something, or AK 47s or something. Um, I'm not criticising, although people did criticise him yesterday for having too many houses. Yes, Mr Luxon, you seem to be on Mr Luxon's side, which is good. Nash, uh, News Hub were over this last night. Listen to their headline. Luxon unaware his $7 million Remuera home increased in value by $2.3 million over one year. My question would be, why would he be? Why would he be? Are you ringing your share broker every day and saying, oh, Fisher and Pike will healthcare, up or down, up or down. I'll ring you back tomorrow, up or down, up or down. If you're living in your house, are you ringing Bailey's every day saying, oh, what do you reckon it's worth this week? It's worth the, I mean, maybe if you're borrowing, 
and the bank wants a valuation, you might be interested in what it's worth. But if you're living in your house, why would you be remotely aware that it's gone up or down or anywhere different? Anyway, here's the point. On the big bangathon, the media's on with Chris's seven houses. Four of them don't count. So property number one is home in Remuera. You are entitled to live in a house, a family home. Property number two is a batch. You're entitled to have a batch. Lots of New Zealanders do. Uh, property number three is an apartment in Wellington. Why does he own an apartment in Wellington? He happens to be an MP, and you can do one of a couple of things in Wellington. You can rent a house, or you can buy a house. He's decided to buy an apartment. Why would he do that? Because it's a sensible thing to do, because property is a good return. Uh, so he's not making any money off it in terms of, you know, he's not renting it to anybody. Property number four is his electorate office. Once again, you can rent an electorate office, or if you're smart, own a bit of property and own an electorate office. He's decided to own one. So four properties aren't earning him any money at all. So what he's ended up with is he seems to have three investment properties all in Onihunga. So he's a bloke who owns three investment properties in Onihunga. If you look at the number of landlords in this country, there are 120,300 of them. Of those who own two or three, in other words, lodge two or three different bonds, there are 19,524 of them, of which Christopher might appear to be one of them. Or in other words, 16% of all landlords have two or three properties. Don't worry, Mike, we are running background checks on all 19,000 of those people as we speak. (laughs) And And boy, oh boy, we're going to dish the dirt on them. Is News Hub going to interview all of those people, are they? Jeez, imagine the stress of it. I get stressed out just trying to look after one house. Far out. Uh, Maybe you need a staff or something for that sort of thing. Now, that'd be a revelation. Uh, We're going to move on now uh, to... Uh, all the businesses that aren't there anymore because of COVID. Can't hide from simple stats because they are the truth. Of course, statistics are the truth and they are the reality. And this week's stats show there are fewer businesses opening in this country than closing. And that's not just bad news. It's an indictment on the economic governance of this country. Yes, it's a pandemic, but the narrative is this country is doing well economically. It isn't doing well economically. It's doing well in some parts. I mean, if you're a real estate agent, you've done well, or you should have. If you're a bank, you've done well because people borrowed a lot of money. If you have an online presence and sell homewares, life's been good. But for the owners of 64,809 operations, life has proved, or provided at least, an environment so poor, you've closed the doors for good. Now, it's important to remember, by the way, that lots of businesses close every year. Good years, bad years, lots of businesses close every year. That's the nature of startups. Lots of them never get going. But in general terms you will find more open than close, and that is how you get growth. And we are a nation, of course, of small businesses. Most businesses in this country, the vast majority, employ only a handful of people. It is the New Zealand dream to start your business, to be your own operator, to chart your own course. Uh, By the way, the critical detail in these new stats is that they're only up until February this year. The damage of the past four months is not included. We can only imagine what the numbers will be when that detail fills out the whole picture. And what makes it so egregious is the government's lie over economic well-being. The Prime Minister rolled it out just this past Monday on the light system announcement. She always drops in something about our economic strength and success, and she is never challenged, and she should be, because it simply isn't true. The Reserve Bank thinks in the third quarter, as in August, September, October of this year, our GDP crashed 7%. We went backwards 7%. And the quarter we're now in as we open up, will bounce, but not enough to recover that damage. So there is no growth. There is less than no growth. And now we know for the first time in years, there are more closures than openings. In terms of the number of businesses, the economy shrank. And for every one of those closures, there's a story and some heartbreak and some shattered dreams. The ever-vanishing New Zealand economy propped up by printed money. If you think that's a plan... You've been reading too much Vladimir Lenin. Uh, If you can read Russian, tip of the hat to you. Um, I find Cyrillic to be... 
absolutely interminable. I tried to um, sing in Russian a few times, and even when I wrote it out um, phonetically, still couldn't do it. Sing no more, Sistersian maid. This one song. Back in the days when I used to be a classical singer, didn't you know that about me? Oh, you see, you learn something every day. That's why you've got to listen to the whole podcast. You miss little gems like that. Um, but yeah, speaking of businesses that are finding it very hard to do business, uh, none harder than in Auckland, of course. Auckland downtown area is going to be fantastic, isn't it? When it reopens and you're charged your five point, what is it, five percent? Is it five point nine percent? The Phil Goff wants by way of a rate rise. He's had a look around uh, Auckland downtown. Had a look at the bus lanes and the cycle lanes and the uh, the traffic and the yeah yeah, um, the... yeah well that's all that's all our you know our, our petrol tax being yeah, put yeah. to great use of course and of, of course he's looked at the bustling hubbub that is downtown Auckland at the moment and he's gone oh I know what I could do I could charge some people some more all those businesses that have gone bust that aren't opening their doors again I'll charge them some more that'll work out well and we'll put it into a climate fund so we can completely bugger the place up. Yeah, of course, not every business is struggling. Um, like, take uh, famous Kiwi success Allbirds. I mean, they couldn't be doing better, could they? Could they? Or could they? Allbirds um, have announced, so they've reported this morning. Now, the only reason I raise this as a business story is that Allbirds, of course, are um, partially owned or partially started by a New Zealander, Tim Brown, former Allwhite, speaking of sport. Uh, but they're one, another one, and of course, they some people in New Zealand went and bought shares and when they debuted, they went through the roof and everyone went, woohoo, this is all a good sign. But their third quarter revenue is up 33%. This is modern business. This is the fascinating thing about modern business. So their third quarter revenue is up 33% on last year. Is that good? Of course it's good. It's very good. You think, well, that's fantastic. Uh, yet their shares fell around 6%. Why? They're losing money. Not only are they losing money, they're losing more money. So they're selling more but losing more. Three months ended September 30, net losses widened to 13.8 million from a loss previously of seven. So they've lost from seven to 13 million. So they've lost 20 million and counting. They argue, of course, it's all money they're spending on the company expanding. They're big on bricks and mortar, and the reason I like them, I don't like their shoes, and they know I don't like their shoes. I like their T-shirts, but I don't like their shoes, but they're big on bricks and mortar, and I like people who are big on bricks and mortar because this whole idea that the world's all going to shop online. When we went to shop online... When COVID came along, look what happened. Nothing arrived. That was the problem, wasn't it? When you go to a bricks and mortar store, you get the experience, you get the vibe, you get the people, you get the professionalism, you get the service, and you get to tangibly put your hands on something, exchange some currency, and walk out feeling good. Yep, and- you get to be in a queue behind a lady who was carrying out a conversation on her phone without her mask at, on. That's only at the supermarket. No, it was at Briscoe's. <laughs> But the thing about it is, I, I wish them well. I just like people piled into this, and they're losing money. When are they going to stop losing money is the question I'm asking. Do you always mixed feelings about all birds. I feel like they're a friend of the show. Like We've talked to um, Tim Brown, and we've talked to people from all birds, and we've talked about all birds a lot, uh, probably just as much as any other business on um, or brand on the Mike Hoskin Breakfast. But Mike always goes on and on and on about how much he hates how they look and how he thinks they're ugly. So I, and I just don't know if that's a rigging endorsement. It should be because I've seen what Mike does wear on his feet and no person in their right mind would wear those things. So what I'm saying is, is, is that if Mike thinks the shoes are ugly, they're probably great. I'd be happy to give them a go. Um, but, I mean, they're not going to make any more money by sending free shoes to me, are they? So that won't be happening. 
I'm Glenn ZB. That was that was the rewrap. Uh, no idea what's happening as usual, so with all systems normal, and we'll be back with another one tomorrow. See you then.